Well, good morning, everyone. Great to uh, great to be back. It um, it's been uh, a few months, I guess. I think it was freezing last time I was here, so yeah, it was May. That's awesome. Always um, always excited to uh, have the opportunity to get up here to the wonderful town of Hesperia. So good. I love Matt and Sarah. Some of them. That's okay. Three people do too. That's awesome. So, no, I really, I really love Matt and Sarah. Um, I, I, we seem to have so much in common with these two. So I think that's just, we, we just gel because, I mean, we can talk about church and talk about pastoring and talk about campuses. And then we can just, Matt and I can talk about 90s hip hop and uh, old school basketball. So that works tremendously well. I haven't been here in a while, so I do have 17 messages. I know it's cool. I, I, I'm a, I'm a fast talker. We'll be out of here by two o'clock easy. It's, it's great. <laughs> last week, um, this, this, this is rare, but last week, my pastor, which I don't see very often, my pastor and myself actually in the same meetings together. Um, however, last week, my pastor came to our meeting and he, uh, and he sat in the first row and I'm like, oh, geez. And, uh, and uh, this this was a I, I love this man. I mean, some of you guys probably know Andrew Hughes, the senior leader of the point. But um, so he turned up at our meeting last week, and um, uh, he actually gave me an opportunity to start preaching the word. Probably now twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years ago. I've been doing this for a while, and um, so he sat in the first row, and I was still nervous. And uh, and then after the message. He said, can I talk to you? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, well, not much has changed. I said, what do you mean? He said, you still preach five messages every time you get a chance. So I'm consistent. Come on. All right. I'm going to share the word today. It's going to be crazy. I'm feeling good. Um, Exodus chapter four. That's the second book of your Bibles or your iPhones or your iPads or whatever you guys use to look at the scriptures nowadays. Galaxy, Samsung's, Nextel's, Blackberry. <laughs> Exodus chapter 4. Uh, anybody ever heard of Moses? I like Moses. Moses, Moses is, a, is a great, great guy. And Moses, at the conjunction in this story, is actually 80 years old. 80 years old. That's not, that's not great. You ever been in a spot in your lives where you're questioning where you're at. Moses, at this conjunction, was 80 years old and long ago because the decisions that Moses had had chosen, he traded his palace for a tent. He, he traded his horses and chariots for sandals and a walking stick. He, he, he traded leading people to leading someone else's sheep. Gold for rocks. Water for sand. Lifestyles of the rich and famous with Robin Leach for the desert of Skid Row. Pride and confidence with shame and seclusion. Where Moses was working for his first, first 40 years, he was in the, the palace. He was in Egypt. He was, he, he had everything, but now all of a sudden you see him working for his father-in-law, looking after his father-in-law's sheep. This man at this point in time didn't even own livestock, and that's a big deal in the Bible because we read people like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the Bible tells us that they were rich in livestock. 
This is a long, long ways from his first 40 years. And now he's in the desert and he's thirsty. He's in the barren lands. There's no sight of precipitation. There's no let it rain. There's no open the floodgates. There's no April showers. There's no May flowers. This is the life that Moses has been given. 80 years old, completely in the middle of nowhere. It could be very easy to have been discouraged, defeated. It could have been very easy to have thrown in the towel, to have been in a place of contemplation. You know he would have been saying, uh, well, what if? Because there's wrong decisions. There's wrong directions taken. There's mistakes that have been made. How in the world did I get here? And you can see Moses all of a sudden in this story. You can kind of see him. Maybe his head would be, would have been in his hands. He would have maybe been sitting by himself on a lonely sand dune. And this would have been a tough spot for Moses. But God. But God. And, and, and this is a big deal because, because we, we can't let our yesterdays determine the past that we take today. You know, that change with Jesus is always in the atmosphere. He was always with us. He's always doing a new thing. There's new levels, new doors, increase faith to faith, glory to glory, and our deserts can actually be our launching pads. You know that you can actually launch from a barren place. That you could actually be in the middle of nowhere and that middle of nowhere could actually be the place where you take off. That would be a good place for an amen. amen. Okay, that's all right. If you say amen, I'll preach fast. Okay, okay. If you don't say amen, I slow it way down. Trust me, you want to say amen. And I know I got my buddy Jim back there, and he knows me because he's been around for a while. And I heard a loud amen there. <laughs> you know, Moses would have been in the desert. Every day would have seemed exactly the same. I mean, when you're doing anything for 40 years, it's got to be boring. And... and and all of the sudden, though, see, see, God moments can happen in the ordinary, mundane clips of our lives. You know that? That you can run right into the presence of Jesus at 9.30 on a Monday morning. That you can meet Jesus on a Wednesday night doing laundry. That you can run into the presence of God driving home from work. That you that you could run into to, to Jesus when you're helping your kids with your homework. You know, true in God encounters, true God encounters will transform us in an instant and burning bushes are all around us and God all of the time is not looking for availability he's not looking for ability but God all the time is looking for those that are available you know availability is a lot better than actually ability and sometimes the best ability that you can have is actually becoming available Some of the greatest invitations come wrapped as interruptions. Could you imagine Moses? He's in the desert. He's doing his thing. 40 years. Same path. Same cycle. Same every day. But it was an interruption that actually led him to an encounter. 
Because he had to turn. And then all of a sudden, there's the burning bush. And see, unless we respond to the manifest presence of God in our lives, we just cannot go deeper in him. We have to be able to respond to the presence. We have to be able to turn towards the glory. You have to be able to reject and detour and move in order to respond to the manifest presence of God. And that's when your levels will change. That's when you'll go all the way to a new level. When you have the ability to turn. Glory will always take us on. See, God God will never stop to interrupt us with his invitations. And when you start to talk about the presence of God, you touch the very nature of who he is. And when you start to talk about glory, you talk about his weight, you talk about the the, the old Hebrew word of kabod, it means weight. And you know that Jesus is always with us. Never leaves us, nor forsakes us, but can walk into our rooms. That we as believers this morning carry Jesus in with us, however, God can come and invade. And when you have moments like this and all of a sudden it seems really quiet, walls just seem just a little closer. Just become aware of your breath, your heartbeat, the person you're sitting next to. Because God will always interrupt us with his glory. And actually, that very word actually means weight, but not in a bad way, but that weight is actually in a good way. Because you start to feel him pressing in. Moses was minding his business, doing his job, watching his father-in-law's sheep. And then all of a sudden, that burning bush. All of a sudden, there was the burning bush and he turned. And the word there for turn is actually the word sewer. And And when you talk about turning, it actually starts to talk about detouring. And the word, if you really break it down, when it says that Moses turned for the burning bush, it actually means that he rejected one way. And move towards the other. There's always these spots in our lives that we must make a determination whether to, to, to continue or to reject. And that was the very thing that changed this man's destiny. He turned towards the presence of God. He turned towards the fire. See, all of our lives we've been trained to run from fire. But the Bible actually encourages us to run towards it. If we set the alarms off in this school right now, we leave here so fast. We out. But the Bible says something about fire and they move towards it. We're always talking about stop, drop, and roll. But in the Bible, it's stop, drop, and sila. Stop, drop, and hang out. Stop, drop, and camp exactly where you're at. Hey, if there's fire, stay there. If there's fire, turn towards it. If there's fire, reject the other way and turn towards that. You see, you see, I think it was Bill Johnson that says, that says, you know, he talks about fire or the spirit and, and, and the presence. And that presence needs to be with us. 
You know, the, the spirit is in me for my benefit, but that fire is on me for the benefit of others. You have to have an encounter to be an encounter. We are not going to give people anything unless we first possess it ourselves. How can I? And it's almost our responsibility as the followers of Jesus. It's actually our responsibility to give others a, a, an encounter with glory. It's just the way that it is. I'm sorry. It, it, it happens. And, and I can't give away the things that I don't possess. I mean, don't ask me for 10 bucks right now. I don't have it. Don't ask me for things that I do not possess. But here's the thing. Everybody up in here. Everybody up in here has the availability to possess the very presence of God. Moses has encountered God. Moses has stopped for the desert epiphany. He has taken his shoes off. He has forfeited comfort. He has been willing to change his path. He has positioned himself. He has laid down his old flames. He's ready to carry that new fire. He heard the voice calling him by name. And now God is at the burning bush. God is at the burning bush and he's starting to give Moses instructions. Instructions. Starting to explain how he wanted to use Moses. Starts, he starts telling Moses, hey, these are, these are the ways that I want to use him. He starts to tell Moses, this is the very mission at hand. You know, I want to get my marching orders from the presence of God. The best place to actually get to know what to do is in the place where his presence is so thick. What has the Lord said to you? What What is the last thing the Lord has asked you to do? Worked at nursery about 10 minutes ago, but (laughs) that was the Lord speaking through somebody. (laughs) The presence of God is always a place to get your marching orders. See, we just have to have an encounter to be an encounter. Can I read the Bible? You got it, Jordan? Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Watch this. Moses at the burning bush. This is the Lord starting to speak to him. Mm, This is good Sprite. Okay, it says this. Then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, what is in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent or a snake. Moses ran from it. But the Lord said, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand, caught it. And it became a staff in his hand. And the Lord said that they may know you and believe that I am the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Jesus, we thank you. Right now as we talk about your burning bush, your presence, and your glory, God, we ask you in the few minutes that we have left by your grace, your mercy, and your love, God, to help your, help your word be in us, be around us, and work through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 title of my message today is, What's in your hand? What's in your hand? Just a couple observations, because I see that Moses is standing at this bush. There's a lot, a lot of things going on. He's 80 years old. He's been in the desert 40 years. There's a lot going on. This is like, this is a, this is a strange day. This day is not like other days. And then all of a sudden, the God of the universe, the God who, um, well, designed the galaxies is now speaking to me at a burning bush in the middle 
of the desert. This is important. This is an epiphany. This is not an everyday encounter. So I think this is an important conversation. And there's a couple observations this morning that that I found, and I'm sure that we'll all be able to find, that we can take and actually apply to our lives. Number one is this. If you're taking notes or if you're highlighting or whatever you're doing, um, write this down. Know when to say yay or nay today. We have to be able to know when to say yay or nay today. Now, let me just pause here because this is such a funny thing. But this, all, this, this, this verse becomes very important to us. It becomes very important because we live actually in a society that, that we can be very conscious about the voices around us. Yeah, yeah. Voices um, obviously have the ability to make our choices. We make choices every day by the voices that we hear. And... And we like to listen to those voices, and sometimes they're good voices, and sometimes they're bad voices, and sometimes they're yay, and sometimes they're nay, but a lot of the times they're nay, but we have to be conscious of the voices that are, are, are around us, and, because they can actually alter the path in which we choose to take. See, see, the more we have encounters, the more that we have Jesus run-ins, the more that we start to abide in this idea of burning bush fires, we, we have the ability to know who we are and whose we are. So that, that, that helps us in these types of conversations. But all of the sudden, we get very consumed with the they's. Moses said, well, they will say. But see, this is what you hear every day. They will not. They will say. They don't want to go here. They don't want to do that. They thought it was best to do it like this. They didn't like it. They liked the old way better. They reacted. They're talking about me. They didn't like it. They walked right by. They posted this. They went there. They're all going. They're all on this together. They better not find out. They say I'm lying. They will say this. They agreed. You got to say nay. To the day. This is a huge problem. Because this is what you hear come out of everybody's mouth. Mine too. I don't know if they liked it. Mm. I don't know if they feel that way. You know they said, they said that they would like to, they like the old way better. Well they wanted to do it like this. I don't know if they'll believe me. Uh, are they all going? Uh, I think so. Were they there? Yeah, they were there. See, it's super hard to say nay today. Because we actually like the response that we get when we're pleasing to the they. That's why it's hard to say nay to the they. But sometimes you have to say nay to the they or it'll mess you up. And that's what, and when Moses starts off, what's the first thing he says to the Lord? The Lord! God! Hey, they, they are not going to believe me. They are going to mess this up. You know, they asked Henry Ford, creator of the automobile. They asked Henry Ford in, I think it was 1908, started to tell about the story of producing the Model T, but they asked Henry Ford about they. And he said, if I listen to what they wanted, 
they would have said, faster horses. However, he didn't listen to those that wanted faster horses. He didn't listen to the they. And then in 1908, I believe, he produced the Model T Ford. That went on to sell 15 million vehicles off of the lines of Detroit and Flint, Michigan. That kind of transformed our state. That kind of had an impact in the country. But if he would have listened to the they, they would have said, we don't need whatever you're trying to do. All we need is faster horses. Praise the Lord. The man didn't listen to the people around him. We have to be able to say nay to the they. Now, I'm going to flip it. If you show me the people you hang around with, it's a pretty good determination that I'll be able to see the path in which you're going. Because the right they, the yay they, is just as powerful as the nay they. You know, there's just so many different types of they. There's 50 shades of they. There's a whole bunch of different ways that we can package they. And you have to start to become essentially as strong as the people that you build around you. The right they. If anybody has kids, they will know very shortly, Jared and Maybe it'll take a few years for this, but everyone who has kids, this is something that parents say along the lines. Please do not hang out with that group of people. Why? Because their influence is actually greater than your leadership. And if you hang out with the wrong days, they will steer you in the wrong direction. It's 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 just the same with the right days. The right days will make you stronger. I love, I'm a LeBron James fan. I don't care if you aren't, I am. I like LeBron James. LeBron James, great basketball player. Best player currently in the NBA. I'm not having an argument who's better than him and Michael or it's not there. But right now, currently, LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. Not many emails. Okay, that's fine. I thought that would have been a great place for one, but that's okay. So LeBron is, um, obviously, he's 6'8". He's 250 pounds. He's immense. He's strong. He can score. He can shoot. He can dunk. He, he can carry the whole Cleveland Cavaliers team on his back to the finals eight years in a row. I don't even know if there's anybody else that actually plays on this team. But if LeBron's there, but if LeBron's there, they're going to stand a chance to win it all. Now, the reason that LeBron is actually the best player is not all of those reasons. The reason that he's one of the best players is because he actually makes everybody around him greater. He is a right type of they. He passes the ball. 
He dishes the rock. And when you get around the right they, they will empower you to go to new levels and new heights that you have never been before. We have to be able to say nay to the they, and we have to be able to say yay to the they. And when you find yourself in the right company of they, that they will always have he in the middle. Number two, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? Important question. You might want to write that one down. What's in your hand? Because the Lord, because Moses, he's at the Lord. He's like, well, hey, they, huh, they got a problem. They're not going to believe this happened. I've been out here for 40 years. This is a unique incident. I don't think they're going to believe that I was talking to you today. The Lord didn't really respond to that. He just asked him another question. What is in your hand? There's always purpose to what we have in our hands. And the very thing that you're walking around with could be the very thing that Jesus uses to deliver a nation. You actually came in this morning with breakthrough. Surprise! You guys act like you didn't know it. You actually came in this morning with breakthrough. Well, all I see is a stick. Oh, no. In Jesus, I see a nation being delivered. I see a town being won. We're all made with abilities and talents and desires. We all have gifts. We all have resources. We all have strengths. We all have these areas that the Lord has blessed us. It might seem like a piece of wood, but in unison with Jesus, your strengths, your abilities, your, your giftings could be the very thing that caused breakthrough in Hesperia. It's very important that we know that we actually are carrying around something. Moses didn't even recognize what was actually in his hand. What's in your hand? Stick. Throw it down. And and the very thing that Moses had in his hand was the very thing that God wanted to use to deliver a nation. See... And this is, this gets even crazier and actually even better for us because this is an Old Testament story. This is an Old Testament story. This is old, a long time ago. Before cross, pre-cross, on the way to the cross. Wrong way. We live on the right side of the cross. We live on the good side of the cross. We don't live for love. We live from love. We don't try to live, we, they used to look towards rest. We live from rest. Anyway, different message. But, we actually actually live in the New Testament. So the very stick that Moses was carrying could be a very sword that we possess. Because it says that the believers in the New Testament actually carry the sword of the Spirit. What walking sticks used to be in the Old Testament has become swords of the Spirit in the New Testament. And what Moses was able to do with a stick, imagine what we could do with a sword. 
Ephesians chapter 6 says something like, um, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, we have to be able to embrace our strength, embrace our abilities, embrace what God has put in our hands. If we don't learn how to actually use our staffs, our Red Seas will never part. You have to be able to wield the very thing that God has given you to wield. And you cannot start to see oceans part before you start to use the abilities and the strengths that God has actually given you. It's Memorial Day weekend. We got to go home and actually start to use and be familiar with the very gifts that God has placed in our hand. Where's my stick? I brought my stick. I don't know about you. I come ready. I wrote on my stick, this is my walking stick. I walked in this morning. Sarah said, you hurt? I said, no, I'm ready. I am ready to go. Sometimes, sometimes you could actually be limping around with your strengths and abilities. See, sometimes people will look at your gifts and strengths and abilities and interpret those in the wrong way. Only you, in the presence of your burning bush, can actually know what it is that God has given you. That's why God encounters are important. If you don't do anything, just at least get a couple of minutes with God. That's important. Because it's those type of epiphanies that will change everything. You have to know what's in your hand. Pardon my Red Sea. I'm not going to hurt anybody in here though. This is a very long stick and a little... No, that would be bad. Matt would be like, you're never coming back. Thank you. Number three. Number three. This is... Probably end on this one. Number three is you got to catch it from behind. You have to catch it from behind. And the Bible says this, and we read it, and, he, and, and God said, what's in your hand? He said, oh, it's just a staff. And he said, oh, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, whoa, no, no, don't run from it. Put your hand out, catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and he caught it and then it became a staff in his hand again. Now, another thing that kind of works in this dual type of way is the very thing that we have in our hands. And the gifts and the talents and the abilities and the strengths that we possess, that we walk with, the things that we're actually holding, we have to have the ability to put them down. What's in your hand? A staff? Put it down. Now, this is hard. This is going to hurt just a little bit. Because this is where we have a problem. Uh, Me. This is where I have a problem. Not you, of course. Me. But we don't like to lay things down. No. We don't like to lay things down. We're Christians. We like to grip things real strong. 
You ever had your pastor come to you and say, oh, I don't think you, I don't, I don't think you, you need to do the sound this week. Huh? Excuse me? Uh, maybe we could use you in a, another area. Uh-oh. Cause you do, you know, you smile and say, yeah, I think that sounds good. Then you get to the car. You're like, oh, hey, they're making a huge mistake. There's a problem. And what we do is we hold things extremely tough. But it's only in our ability to let something go that we'll actually start to grab a hold of it. And at times, God could be asking us to lay down the very thing that it is that we're supposed to pick up. But first of all, he has to trust you enough to lay it down so you can pick it back up. It's very interesting what plays out in the story because Moses finds out what's in his hand. And, and, and he's told to throw it down. And he throws it down. And then what he throws down actually turns into a snake. And Moses is like, I hate snakes. I don't like snakes. I, no, I don't like snakes. And so he throws it down and it turns into a snake. And he's like, oh boy, I don't like snakes. He starts to run from the snake. But the Lord says, don't run from it. Pick it up. And, and faith will command you to run towards the very things that you're scared of. You want to talk about faith? Faith is going to have you start to run towards the things that you're actually scared of. And so Moses was like, hey, this is my staff. He throws it down and, and then it becomes a snake and it becomes a snake. And Moses is like, oh, uh-uh. And the Lord is saying, no, 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 no. You need to catch it from behind. See what happens in rooms like this is you start to have people and they've laid gifts down. And I think there's some been some things that you've laid down. But maybe this morning is the morning for you to catch it from behind. Maybe there is a story in there. Maybe there is a worship leader. Maybe there is a preacher. Maybe there is an artist. Maybe there is something in business. Maybe there is that idea. And perhaps the very thing that you've laid down a long time ago, the Lord is saying to you this morning, pick it up. Don't continue to run from the things that you've laid down a long time ago because what you laid down in this season, it might be a time to pick it up in this season. Because sometimes what happens is people start to lay down their very gifts, lay down their strengths. It was a tough time. I threw it down. It hurt me. I was, t- I was in tears. It was painful. But it wasn't a time to lay it down forever. It was only a time to lay it down for a season. And the Lord is saying, you need to catch it by the tail. Because some of the things that we actually could lay down could be the very things that God wants to use to deliver a nation. He just wants to see that we have the ability to trust Him wholeheartedly. That has the ability and our strength and our humility to say, I don't need it right now, but I'm going to leave it there. And then God will say, pick it up. And it's in our ability to live in that now word of God 
We have to be so in tune because if Moses lived on the word that he got 10 minutes before, he would have never picked it up. If Abraham would have lived on yesterday's word, he would have killed his son. See, we have to have the ability to live in the now word of God, the rhema word of God, the present word of God, because what God is saying today could be different than what he was saying yesterday. And that's why we have to turn to our burning bushes because it's in the presence of his glory that we get the now word of God. God, what's in your hand? A stick. Oh, here it is. What do you want me to do? Lay it down. Snake. Pick it up. Deliver a nation. I think that's hitting some of you. I see tears. That's fine. That's absolutely perfect. Because that means this is what the Lord would have you to hear. And there's good news. See, once we identify it, that's huge. When we identify it, we can actually do something about it. All we're doing is just dusting things off. What is that gift? What is that ability? What is that strength? What is it today that the Lord has placed in your hands? And is it still in your hands? Is it? a morning to pick it up or for some of you is it a morning to lay it down that is huge to break through especially in a community like this and and your pastors and your leaders and all of you and teaming up and this is like a family this is a family and 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 I really every time I every time we come here we sense that that God is not only doing something but he wants to continue to do something this is not the end of the story this is only a chapter don't this is so far to still go in this story, but this will help everybody. Please, find out what's in your hand and find out, is it this the season for me to pick it up or is this the season for me to lay it down? And if you're asked to lay it down, you better wait till you get home in a quiet room to have that fit. That's hard. I would suggest don't have it. But I know how it is. We have to be able to say nay or yay to the they. If you're around good day, stay around good days. If you're around nay days, leave the nay nays. Get to the yay yays. He's speaking in tongues this morning. Get away from the nay nay. Say yay to the yay yay. Okay. This is important. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? Take this home. Take this home. Go to the beach with it. Go down to the water with it. Grill some burgers with it. Throw some hot dogs and some relish. Whatever we do on Memorial Day, just this weekend, let this be the weekend that we recognize what's in our hands. Last one is this. Last one is this. Please find some space. Lean into that and find out, do I have to pick something up Yes? Or do I have to lay something down? And wherever you're at in that space, in that season, that's when you're going to come to life. Then go to Matt and Sarah and say, listen, Lord spoke to me. I need to lay this down. The Lord spoke to me. I think this is the season to pick this up. 
that could be the very thing that continues to break through and add and add and add and extend the kingdom of God in the town of Hesperia. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to pray for us.